For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condit. Number two, bottom of the hour, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports will join us. Moonlight's little. He also covers the Cowboys for one of uh, the sites under the Sports Illustrated umbrella. That coming up at 1130, but right now it's time to talk baseball as we have on Mondays at this time since the season started way back in April. He's Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, and he joins us. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, I guess we have to one more time. Not to, We need to twist our arms because the Field of Dreams game was unbelievable. Perfect, as Kevin Costner uh, deemed it, and I think he's 100% right. Uh, you're a baseball fan. You cover the sport for a living. Uh, it couldn't have worked out any better. In my opinion, what was yours? I, I agree. It's kind of a funny coincidence that it's like a movie-themed game, and, and if we were writing like a movie for the night about a baseball game, that's I mean, that's pretty much how it would go, right? Yeah. I mean, every single thing about it was entertaining and exciting, uh, people like to brag uh, to uh, kind of taught, not brag on to to rag on the Fox broadcast. I know it's easy and fun to hate on Joe Buck and John Smoltz, and uh, but I, I got to say I, I thought the broadcast was great. They, they did a great job on the pregame show. Um, other than I really wish we could get rid of A Rod, but we'll <laughs> leave that aside. <laughs> It's great. Trent, but, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Trent and I were talking. Trent brought it up before the show started today. He, he's almost incredulous. A-Rod works for both Fox and ESPN. I mean, I know. I, I, I just People have been throwing money at this guy throughout his entire life ever since he turned 17, at least when he was a baseball player and he was an elite player. It made sense. It doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, but anyway, uh, everything else was just an absolute, you know, pun intended, a home run, an absolute home run. And to see all those home runs, and then there was kind of a wall, like, okay, it's just going to end up 7-4. It's a successful game. It was a rousing success before the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. And then the ninth inning just put mm-hmm. it completely over the top. So there's a lot of conversation. Ken, when we came in Friday morning, he said, shouldn't they just end it here? Because you're never going to top it. We know there's money no. to be made they will be doing this again, and Rob Manfred's already said as much. So what would you like to see? I mean, continue with kind of the Midwest theme and then more of a national brand, Cubs against somebody, Twins against somebody, Brewers against somebody, kind of going that route continually, or do you think there's more yeah. that can be done in bringing this not just with the Midwest roots but building it even more? I, I think you, you've got to keep it. I mean, there's no way they could just retire it after how good that was. But I think we also have to be realistic. It's never going to live up to that. But like you said, uh, you can do rivalry games that have national interest. Uh, I think it kind of leaked by David Ross himself that the Cubs yeah. won the next year. Okay, make the Cardinals the opponent then. Yeah. Then you've got Cubs and Cardinals. Uh, and, you know, a lot of Cubs and Cardinals fans are driving distance from that thing and would be willing to shell out a lot of money to go to that thing. So that would be an awesome crowd. Um, I, again, I don't think it can live up to that one because it was the first one, but it, and I, I still think it's going to, there's going to be intrigue among casual fans. 
it, it's just the weirdest thing. I know it's anecdotal, but I, on my Facebook feed, a bunch of people I went to high school with who never, ever, ever comment about baseball, like my entire timeline was people talking about the game. <laughs> and they never, again, these people never talk about baseball. So then when I saw the ratings come, I was like, wow, we really got to everyone who even cares a little bit about baseball. Um, I think what you what you can take from that is, Maybe there are ways to have special games in different areas of the country. I don't know if we can match the Field of Dreams mass appeal, but uh, something like bringing the Hall of Fame game back to Cooperstown but making it a regular season game and trying to, to play up the Hall of Fame angle a lot more, make it primetime after the Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, it's a Sunday afternoon, make the Sunday night game the game at the Hall of Fame. They're already doing it with the Little League game. Mm-hmm. That's as this we're going to yep. see this, yep. this Sunday night. Um, there's other threads you can pull on there. I've mentioned uh, maybe a game in the Dutch Indies like Carousel and Aruba. Players like Sander Bogarts, Andrew Jones, Anderson Simmons are from there. Those, there's some baseball crazy fans there. Maybe create a special event there. You know the players wouldn't mind going there for a few days. Um, and if it has to be a series, fine. Play a series there. Uh, there are ways to do this. And I know they spent a lot of money to just build up one field that they're only going to use maybe one time a year for major league games. But who cares? It more than made the money back just on the one game. I think they could really draw on this. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, let's get to uh, I was get to the White Sox and Liam Hendricks, who we watched on uh, on Thursday night uh, blow a save, uh, and he came back again over the weekend. They've got Craig Kimbrell there. How long is Larusa's leash with the American League's All Star closer before he turns it over to the National League's All Star closer and Craig Kimbrell? Uh, well, is there a concern Kimbrel, there? Maybe, but you know, Kimball gave up the three-run bomb to Roma. He did. That's true. Club. Yep. And then he, he he gave up. Didn't he give up one to? The, yeah, he gave up one to. A, I think I want to say Judge the first game in in Chicago back after the Field of Dreams game. So they've both kind of gotten knocked around a little bit lately. I, I think that big picture wise, it's not that big of a deal because Hendricks has said before he's fine with moving around and he's fine in either spot. Ken Kimbrell's obviously fine with either spot because he got traded to the White Sox and he accepted the role before Hendricks. Uh, and they have such a huge lead in the Central. Nobody's going to push him for the Central. So they've got time to figure things out and have it kind of set up how they want it going into October. Two teams in the National League Central playing good baseball, the Reds and the Cardinals. Ultimately, though, they're a long ways back behind the Brewers. The Padres healthier now after their turn at Tatis and two more home runs off the I'm IL. Incredible. The guy is just nuts. Third time he's done that this year with a homer off the IL. Any chance at all? Do you see a chance and a path for either the Reds or Cardinals to to get back in it, get into the playoffs? Yes. Uh, two and a half games behind the Padres right now for the Reds. Uh, gosh, if they could get consistency out of Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have thought they have two pitchers going really well, you, you wouldn't have thought it was Wade Miley and Tyler <laughs> Molly. But here we are. But the, the Reds have, uh, I believe, I'm trying to pull it up right now while I'm talking to give myself time. Oh, I didn't want to reveal my secret there like that. Uh, nobody does that. No, no, nobody does They have that. a pretty easy schedule. Yeah, okay. So this week the Reds have three against the Cubs, what's left of them, and then four against the Marlins. Those yeah. are all at home. They play the Brewers, but then they have the Marlins again. They play the Cardinals, but then after that, it's Tigers, Cubs. Then they've got the Cardinals again. Then there's Pirates. Uh, they've got three more. They have nine games against the Pirates left, actually. Jeez. Four against the Nationals after that. That's an easy schedule the rest of the way. 
Um, the way they're going, they could get up into high 80s and wins. And you look at the Padres, the rotation's decimated right now. Yeah. You've got Blake Snell, who hasn't been very good. You've got Musgrove, who's good. Then you've got Ryan Weathers, who should not be in this situation. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't pitched above Class A before being brought up for the playoffs last year. He's given up, uh, I want to say, 22 runs in his last three starts combined. Uh, he's go- and he's going to face the Rockies in Colorado tonight. Those are their three starters because Darvish is on the IL right now. Paddock's on the IL right now. LeBet's on the IL. Uh, they're in a bad, bad way. They're so bad, in fact, they're apparently looking at signing Jake Arrieta. Oh so, no! <laughs> yeah, you could really, you could really see this thing kind of snowball, and the Reds take the spot over maybe as early as this week. Because, like I said, the Reds have seven against the Cubs and Marlins at home. Cubs, um, I, I know that their record is not going to anoint them as the worst team in baseball when it's all said and done. But the way they're, they've lost 11 in a row now, what, like 16 of 18? It's their second 11-game losing streak this year. The one that they're on, the lineups that they put out there night in and night out, I feel bad for David Ross in in, in a way. Uh, are the yeah. Cubs, I, and I looked, I didn't see your power rankings. Um, uh, if they came out today, I missed them. Can you put a team that's, um, you know, that's, they're going to win more games than the Orioles. They're going to win more games yeah. than the Pirates, than the Snakes. But the, the Cubs, to me, might be playing the worst of any of the 30 teams in baseball right now. I thought about that, but, like, the Orioles have lost 11 in a row right now, too. They're bad, too. So, and I, I, the Pirates, it was something like, I was like, okay, well, I can definitely put the Pirates over the Cubs. And I went and looked, and the Pirates have lost. Uh, ugh. They're, yeah, they're, they're last 10, they're 1-9. and nine. Yeah, so it's, I ended up with the Cubs, like, 25 or 26, and the teams behind them are just as wretched right now. They've just been this bad all season. Mm-hmm. But the Cubs and Nationals both are, are kind yeah. of matching them right now. And, and you're right. In a way, you feel bad for David Ross. Feel bad for Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I mean Kyle Hendricks. He's still having a normal Contreras year for him, and all his buddies get traded, and mm-hmm. it's just. I, I feel like they're going to try to make moves in the off season. Like some of the the faraway lottery ticket prospects, are going to try to trade for major league ready guys. Uh, I saw an example somewhere that somebody brought up. The Dodgers had recently acquired some of the prospects that they used in the Mookie Betts trade. Like they just flipped prospects. Mm-hmm. You could do something like that if you're Jed Hoyer, and then they should have a lot of money to spend, and it's a big free agency class. But right now, it looks pretty dire. Watching Sunday Night Baseball last night, there was a play. Uh, They're trying to turn two. Trey Turner, ball popped out of his mitt. That's the right call. He's got a month and a half to figure it out because it's the Dodgers, and, and they're going to be fine, even if they don't overtake the Giants. And I just got thinking, you know, we think back to almost 20 years ago, now the evil empire, the Yankees, and them and the Red Sox, and and just how easy it was for us in the Midwest just to despise those teams, hate them. And you don't get that same kind of hate for the Dodgers. Maybe it's the West Coast thing. You can go to bed. You don't have to watch them if you don't want to. But should we hate the Dodgers in the same way? Because in a way, it kind of feels like we should. Yes. I mean, they they go through... It looks like now, all the reporting you're seeing, they went through a bad process with Trevor Bauer. It looks the other way on some of the things that he'd done and said in the past just because they just wanted to sign him because they could. And then that bites him in the butt. Clayton Kershaw gets hurt. And so, oh, well, that's fine. We'll just go out and trade for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. And it's like, Hmm. oh, come on. Uh, So, yes, it is. it seems to me it's exactly the same thing. Like, they can just go out and get whoever they want. So if a, a fan has that perspective, 
then absolutely it should be applied in the same way. And I would actually say they're better at building their farm system, and that's how they're so much more easily able to pull off trades for, like, Manny Machado as a rental a few years ago. Uh, then they traded for Mookie Betts and signed him instantly. Now they go out and they trade for Scherzer and Turner. Uh, they're going to be this good for a long time if they continue to build their foundation in the farm like this. Uh, the Mets are in the midst of 13 in a row th- against the Dodgers yeah. and the Giants. They're in third place this morning. Trent, who's in first place in the National League East? Don't look. Atlanta? Atlanta. Yes. The Bravos have taken over. I mean, someone's going to win that division. It is not going to be the Mets. What a crazy, crazy division the National League East has become. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I'm pretty confident, especially after seeing the Dodgers sweep them and knowing that Jacob DeGrom's not coming back and just saying, let's bury him right now. Mm-hmm. I know they're only two and a half games out, but I feel like by the time they get through this Giants and Dodgers gauntlet, that it, they're going to be like eight out already. So, yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. I mean, the Braves play the Marlins this week, so it, it might be five and a half here in three days. Uh, it, it shows you how quick things can turn. I mean, it, it, around the All-Star break, the Mets had like a five-game lead. <laughs> the Braves hadn't even been over 500 all year until the first week of August. And Wow, how, how quickly things can turn. Still not fully confident in the Braves. Their, their pitching rotation is kind of patchwork. They don't have Acuna. But, you know, the Phillies obviously have some holes, too. Uh, hopefully that one goes down to the wire. Oh, by the way, it report just broke that Arietta did sign with the Padres just now. Jeez. Desperate. That's what kind of desperate. a bad way they're in. Yeah. Yep. Bet they wish they could get Jay Happ now, who was really good yeah. for the Cardinals yeah, yesterday. Lester, Lester on Saturday Yeah, yeah. I mean, batting practice guys that suddenly yeah. can find it. Maybe, just maybe. The right pitching coach can tweak the right thing and find something. I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope. Final thing, it's off the beaten path for us here in the Midwest, Matt, but Seattle, I was talking to Ken. They are playing his Blue Jays over the weekend. I watched a lot of them. I bet a lot of them this year, and that's the reason for it. But, man, in, in a lot of years, they'd be in the mix. They'd have a realistic chance yeah. to be a playoff team. It just it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. It'd be so great. The longest drought in baseball to get them in the playoffs, but doesn't look like it's going to happen for Seattle. Yeah, I agree. I don't <clears throat> It's interesting that they're hanging around because I was thinking about it last night when I was throwing the rankings together and I was like everybody still I keep seeing people fewer and further between at least, but when it comes to the Giants like I just don't know how they're doing it and I was like we should actually be saying that about the Mariners. Mm-hmm. seeing them go out and win a series over the Blue Jays. And I know it's a far trip for the Blue Jays, but if I look at the personnel on the Mariners, them being uh, what is it, seven games over 500, it really makes no wow. sense to me at all. Uh, kudos to them. And I just saw Baseball America put out their farm system rankings today currently, and they have the Mariners number one. Wow, good. So the the future seems to be bright there. Hopefully they break that playoff drought soon because uh, I, being a, a longtime Cubs fan, I always have a soft spot for any kind of drought for Matt, the fans. Indeed. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, great stuff. Should be another fun week ahead of us. We will speak with you next Monday. Thanks for doing this for us, Matt Snyder. As always, appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Good to talk baseball. With uh, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Um, do the A's stick around? 
they're right now tied with Boston. So those are the two wild card leaders mm-hmm. in the American League. I don't think the A's stick around. You don't. We haven't been saying that all season, though. Yeah, we have. True. Said the same thing about the Giants. I'm now on board with them. Right. Yeah. The Dodgers. I don't think will catch them. Um, I think eventually the two of the American League East also Rans get the cards. Yeah. That's how I see it. The Rays will win the division. Rays win the division. And then... Yeah, Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, those three. And and Blue Jays, they can't lose uh, two out of three to Seattle. And Seattle's good. I'm with you. But they have to play each other. And they only have the Orioles. That's true. Where in the West, you get both the Rangers Mm -hmm. and the Angels sometimes. Though Mm -hmm. the Angels, they've been better in the second Mm -hmm. half. Otani. Yeah, he's MVP. Yeah. He's the MVP. Um, And Trout's... I think Trout's working his way He's back. inching back. We'll take a timeout. Uh, we're going to get into the Big 12 with Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. We'll go around the uh, fall camps in the Big 12 coming up with Matt. Uh, also do a little bit on the Cowboys as he covers them tomorrow night. Episode number two of Hard Knocks, 9 o'clock on HBO. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106 or Facebook. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net or give us a call 225-888. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on... State Farm is there. You can see it, picture it, the building you've always wanted, an expansion of your existing business, a new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at GraphiteGRP Store for details. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Welcome back. It's 1130 Miller and Condon. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports momentarily. A peephole is out. Have you seen it? I have. Uh, really no shock, right? Uh, three schools from the Big 12 since Matt Poston's coming on. Oklahoma 2, Iowa State 7, Texas 21. Iowa is 18, Indiana 17, Anything jump off the U? Yeah, Iowa State 7. Iowa State 7. It still does. <laughs> it does still it's does. That's still a good point. does. Yep. Iowa State is ranked 7th, not in the Big 12, because nope. there's been plenty of those conversations in August here, in the country, mm-hmm. number 7. Yep. This isn't a poll by Iowans. It's <laughs> not a poll for Story County. This is a poll of college football writers across the country. Uh, and, and schools that follow them, Notre Dame... Oregon, Wisconsin, Florida, Miami, USC, LSU, uh, Penn State at 19. It's 
bonkers. What a world. That's where we are. Indeed it is. Matt Postens is with us, heartlandcollegesports.com. Matt Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on, Matt Postens. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, AP poll, we'll get to it. Uh, we, I do want to save some time to talk about the Cowboys. I know you write for them as well. Fun team to watch in the preseason, especially with hard knocks, chronicling their every move. Uh, the, the news from Friday that the three uh, conferences not named the SEC or the Big 12, so the Big 10, the Pac-12, and the ACC, the scheduling alignment. I thought it's a brilliant move on their part to shore up their defenses and to give them a louder voice than the SEC, who seemed to be on the verge of controlling how college football is going to run things. I thought that that was a brilliant move. Sadly, uh, from where we sit, uh, it did not involve the Big 12. Your takeaway from the alliance and the announcement that followed? Well, I, I, I think that uh, you know, everybody's just trying to figure out what to do next. I mean, this is you know another part of that puzzle. You know, The Pac-12 is that conference that, to me, you know, because they're on the West Coast and they're, they're a little bit removed from everything, they're they're the ones like the Big 12 that probably have the most to lose in the situation we're in right now. So, you know, they sit down and they talk to the Big 12. They kind of started a discussion with Bob Bowlesby. Now they're talking to the Big 10 and the ACC about an arrangement. You know, this is part of that due diligence thing. The thing about this for the Pac-12 is obviously they have a long, long, long-term relationship with the Big 10. Mm-hmm. That plays a factor into it. Um, the ACC, you know, this is not an arrangement where I think the ACC would have to do a lot of cross-country traveling very often. So, you know, maybe one game every couple of years you go to the West Coast. I don't think they would mind that at all. I think we'd love to see maybe a Clemson-Oregon matchup or, or a, you know, Florida State-USC uh, kind of matchup. That wouldn't be bad. Um, you also have to think about, you know, everybody's trying to figure out where the dominoes are going to fall, whether all these conferences are going to go to 12 teams or 16 teams. And then you have to figure out the scheduling factor. Are you going to keep the schedules within these four or five major conferences and not include the group of five, not include the FCS programs that actually rely on the games that they play against those bigger schools to make money? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts right now, and I'm really interested to see how it falls. But I, I think the Pac-12 right now, I think they're they're the ones that I think are driving this from their standpoint because they need to figure out where they need to ally themselves in the best possible way to, you know, keep their media payout, but also be able to remain competitive with the rest of the country. You know, uh, you go through the remaining eight schools, and it looks like that there isn't going to be, at least currently, anything else out there. With them staying together, what do you think is the best course of action? Eight and only eight staying together or looking at further expansion, looking at the teams we've talked about from the Houstons to Central Florida to Cincinnati, on and on and on. Eight alone together or adding two or four more? I don't think there's any question that they have to expand. Um, there's no question in my mind. It, it's it's all about TV sets. If you, if you think about the idea that Texas and Oklahoma count for roughly half of the uh, the conference's revenue right now, and the conference is paying out about $36, $37 million a team uh, from TV revenue and other sponsorship, then you've got to find a way to replicate as much of that as you can. And the best way to do it is to put together the most attractive television package you possibly can. It's going to be really difficult to do no matter how you bring into the conference, but the best way you do it is you bring in programs that are in big markets that can at least bring you TV sets. That's a Houston. That's a BYU. They're in a top 30 media market. That's a Central Florida. They're in a top 30 media market. That's a, um, 
uh, Cincinnati. They're in the top 30 media market. You're looking at you're looking at schools in the American Athletic Conference and maybe a couple of independents that have a big national following that can bring you something. That's the best way to bring to the table, you know, something that ESPN will look at and go, okay, we can we can help you get to a certain point. It's not going to be where you were before, but we can help you get to a certain point of the media payout. And and don't rule out a school like a Boise State or a, a Colorado State. Colorado State would certainly give them back access to the Denver market that they lost when Colorado left the Pac-12. But I don't think there's any question in my mind that in, a, in an 18 Big 12, it's not going to stay eight teams. They're, they're not going to be able to do that and get the kind of get anything close to the media payout they're getting right now. There's one Hail Mary. and and it's a Hail Mary, Matt, and and that's Notre Dame. And I think you have to ask Notre Dame, what's it going to take? I mean, if there's $350 million on the table, if if you give them 100 right off the bat, and then the rest of the team split what's ever left, you bring Notre Dame and you bring NBC and you bring the biggest brand that's still waiting out there and make them the highest-paid athletic department in college sports and do so by a long ways and don't make them play all big 12 what are let them do let them set all their own rules in order to placate them and to make it happen i just i get those schools that you just mentioned i just don't think that there's any way that they can stay close don't you at least have to ask notre dame what's it going to take and if they come up with some pie in the sky number I still think that that at the end of the day you might be further ahead if you are with them than trying to you know tread water on your own with the with the others. That's an awfully interesting hail mary. Um, <laughs> you know that's kind of the arrangement that Notre Dame has right now with the ACC. Although they don't obviously they're not a member in football. They have a scheduling arrangement. They play in the ACC and all of the sports. They don't share. They have their own football contract. They don't. They share in the revenue for the rest of the television contract. So, in essence, if you're the Big Twelve and you're Bob Bowlesby, you're going to Notre Dame and saying, like you said, what is it going to take mm-hmm. for uh, for you to join our conference and help increase our profile? And this kind of goes back to the whole conversation about Notre Dame and independence of the college football playoff. You know, I I I liked their association with the Big East because I felt like there were more schools in that conference that they had in common with in a scheduling arrangement than they do in the ACC. I'm not sure that they have in common anything more with the Big 12 schools, but certainly that would make Notre Dame a huge fish in a small pond, which, you know, they have the the national notoriety that can bring attention to the conference. Uh, You'd basically be saying to them, you're going to be our Texas. You're going to be our Oklahoma. You're going to be our our flagpole, tentpole program. And, that might have some appeal to them, depending upon what the payout is, depending upon what the revenue share is. It would certainly have a lot of appeal to the Big 12. And, and you know, if I'm Bob Wolfe, yeah, if I'm thinking outside the box, that's a conversation I need to have. And, and there's one more thing you can offer them, because apparently to get out of the ACC grant of rights, which they own through 2036, it would cost Notre Dame $100 million. Well, the Big 12 is about to get $150 million from Oklahoma and Texas. Write the check, Bob Bowlesby. Split the other 50 amongst the remaining schools that stuck around, but pay Notre Dame's penalty for leaving early. So you can add that uh, to the equation as well. I think Bowlesby has to make that call. Yeah, that's, that, that's probably the most out-of-the-box solution to this that I've heard to this point. And. You know, I you know Notre Dame doesn't necessarily have to play you know every Big Twelve. Absolutely, I agree. They could play five. Yep. They could play five and then play their regular 
yearly games with USC and Navy and, and Stanford and schools like that. And um, it's, it's an, I'm, I have to write about this. Thing. And here's the oh, other thing. Let me write another paragraph for you because Notre Dame then, <laughs> then, then since they don't have to play, and I agree with you, they get, they get access to the Big 12 championship based on a percentage, a winning percentage. Not you won the most games because you won't play as many Big 12 games. But if you go through unscathed and you're 5-0, and oh, your winning percentage, yeah, you have to do whatever rules they need written. When's the Big Twelve conference meeting? Well, when when does it work for you, Notre Dame? <laughs> okay, April the nineteenth, and that's when we're going to have our meeting. Whatever they need, you have to do for them. Make them tell you no. Don't know. Sorry, Trey. yeah. And they'll say no. <laughs> and they'll say no. And that's what Notre Dame does. And it's a hail mary that doesn't get to the twenty. Here we are. To the here and now. Yeah. And let's go to Texas. But still write that story, Matt, because a lot of people click on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> let's uh, let's go to the quarterback spot. I, I think a lot of people think that it's going to be Thompson. He's going to be that. And their opener against Louisiana Lafayette, mm. as we know in this state, that is not a give you. In fact, the Raging Cajuns are ranked in the top 25 23. here. At number 23. Who's the quarterback? What's it going to be? And how short of a leash, knowing who they play in week one, is it going to be for the Longhorns? Well, they had their scrimmage on Saturday, and Steve Sarkeesian was very clear about the fact that neither Casey Thompson nor Hudson Card were at the standard that he needed them to be to pick a starter. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't he, he? It almost sounded as if he felt like the quarterbacks took a bit of a step back from practice to scrimmage. Which, if you're thinking about installation of a new offense and the first real live action they've had in eleven on eleven since the spring, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. I, I tend to think that Thompson's going to be the starter on opening day simply because he got that experience in the Alamo Bowl. He has positive experience. Uh, he's been acting like the starter, not necessarily you know from an ego standpoint, but he's been acting like the starter in practice. He's been you know being a leader, and I think that's something Sarkeesian will ultimately respond to. Wouldn't surprise me at all, though, if Hudson Card gets some snaps during non-conference because. You know, for Texas, it doesn't matter so much where you are. You know, when they play that opener, it matters where you are when you start Big Twelve play, and that I think is absolutely when Steve Darkeesian wants the job settled. I remember when it was Shane Bouchelle and uh, Sam Ellinger a few years ago. In fact, I, I covered an Iowa State game several years ago when the two of them were kind of battling out for the starting job. Bouchelle actually played that game because I think Ellinger was hurt. Um, you know, you you don't want that sort of conversation seeping into conference play. You want to know who the guy is once you get into league play. And I think ultimately Thompson's going to be the guy at opening day. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if, if Hudson Carb was the starter for the conference opener. It's a really fluid situation. And it's the only quarterback situation to me that is really, really fluid. I think Skylar Thompson's ultimately going to be the starter at Kansas State. I think all the other jobs are pretty much settled. This is the one job in the conference that I think could remain fluid well into September. Mm. You also uh, cover the uh, the Dallas Cowboys for Cowboy Mavens, which is under the Fan Nation SI umbrella. Uh, it's been fun watching. At least the first week was on uh, on Hard Knocks. Of course, uh, episode number two comes your way tomorrow. How much of a concern is there with Dak Prescott? Are the Cowboys hiding something? I don't think so. You know, I had a conversation with the guys at ESPN Hawaii on Friday about this. And, you know, um, you know, they did the MRI after the shoulder injury. Uh, it's a, it's a strain. Uh, they did that MRI, I think, in late July. 
they did another MRI uh, when he got back to Dallas on Saturday. And in Orlando Skandrick, a former cowboy, actually tweeted out, you know what, this is totally normal. You, you take an MRI at the beginning of the process to see where everything is and what rehab you need to do. And then you take another rehab toward, or another MRI toward the end of the process because you're trying to figure out how, how much everything is healed. Prescott said last week that if the Friday game with Arizona had been a regular season game, he could have played. I uh, actually noted that he's thrown pain-free for the last two days uh, going into last weekend. So it sounds like he's making a lot of progress. It sounds like the Cowboys are probably doing everything they need to be doing. I know when everybody hears the word second MRI, they kind of lose their mind like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, things are not going the way they should be. But I think in this situation, they were just doing a check to make sure that everything was healing the way it is. Because when your quarterback says, hey, I've been throwing pain-free for two days, let's go ahead and, you know, you know, let me throw it around a little bit more. I think they want to be sure that everything is healed up before they actually do that. What about the offensive line in front of him? A lot of questions that I've seen kind of popping out there. Few things that have come through a camp. You got to keep Dak upright. What's the offensive line look like overall in your mind for the Cowboys? I, I think there's still some things they need to clean up. I think the good thing about it is you're you're through the first couple weeks of camp and they've come back to Dallas this week and. You know, they're relatively healthy. I think the big thing they're trying to figure out right now from a positional standpoint is who their backup center is going to be behind Tyler Biadash uh, out of Wisconsin. Uh, he's going to be the starting center. Um, Connor Williams might be his backup. It might be somebody else. Uh, they're not really happy with the backup center, you know, slash swing guard situation right now. But as far as the guys they're expecting to start, Tyron Smith, Lael Collins, Zach Martin, uh, Tyler Biadash, uh, they, they are overall very happy with where they're at uh martin didn't play on friday a couple of others guys other guys played very limited snaps against arizona i think overall they're happy with the way they're progressing the chemistry i think it's more about just keeping these guys healthy having them clean up the chemistry things that they lost from last year because remember smith didn't play a whole bunch collins didn't play the entire year martin missed 10 games so they missed a lot of games with each other so the next couple weeks of preseason is really going to be about them kind of reclaiming that chemistry that made them such a good offensive line uh, previous to last season. Uh, my takeaways from uh, Week 1 of Hard Knocks, again, Episode 2 tomorrow, is Jerry Jones puts way too much salt on his food for a man his age. <laughs> Uh, and Micah Parsons <laughs> wants to play every single snap. I mean, this guy is passionate about football. Yeah, he really is, and he's going to be a tremendous fit, I think, for this defense. I mean, I think we're still kind of feeling out what Dan Quinn wants to do overall with the scheme. But I think one thing is abundantly clear, Micah Parsons is going to be a huge part of it, whether it's going to be as a middle linebacker, an outside linebacker, a pass rusher, or a guy who can drop into coverage. I think he's one of those guys that can just really do anything and everything for you. It's just a matter of finding the right places for him to do that because he's, he made an impact in the Hall of Fame game. He made an impact last week. Uh, they're starting to create turnovers in these preseason games, which is something they need to do going yes. into the regular season. I just, I think, uh, I am hesitant to say the Cowboys hit a home run with this guy, but he's he's shaping up to be the type of guy that you can build a defense around for a long time. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports dot com covers the Big Twelve, also covers the Cowboys and your college football yearbook is out. How's it doing sales wise? Uh, we've actually broke a sales record awesome. week for the book. Uh, it's got uh, Brock Purdy on the cover, of course, the quarterback at Iowa State. So if you want a copy. It's 10% off right now at Amazon.com. Just head over there and search for College Football America Yearbook 2021, and it'll pop right up. Uh, We're we're just outside. We're not a new release anymore. We were like top 15, top 20 among new releases for football. Now we're 
uh, right around the top 100 uh, overall books for football on Amazon. So uh, doing great. Uh, would love to see more folks up, especially up there in Iowa, get, the, get a copy of the book. It's got every college football team in Iowa on it. If you're not an Iowa State fan, if you're an Iowa fan, if you're an Upper Iowa fan, if you're a Wartburg fan, We've got them in the book as well. Got you covered. Good stuff, Matt Postens. Thanks for what you do for us. Congratulations on the sales number. We'll talk in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Postens, Heartland College Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Postens Postcards. I just had a text saying my idea is not crazy. So there, Condon. It's crazy. So there you go. Notre Dame, not going to take an ACC offer, not going to take anything from the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. but the remaining Big Eight. Yep. Whatever, that's the whatever one that's going to push them to a conference. $100 million, write the check. Come to reality with me. Reality is Notre Dame is not giving up their independence to go to Manhattan, Kansas. No, they don't runs. have to go to Manhattan, Kansas. They, they do. They, they can do that. They get the schedule. Let them do whatever they want. You run the Big 12. We're just tagging along and splitting what's left. And the answer is still no. I don't know. I think you have to ask. Oh, yeah, of course. You have. To. I said it's a Hail Mary. Hail Mary happens what? Once every... This is a Hail Mary with your left hand when you're right-handed There's... without an offensive line. But you know what? They and your receiver's five foot six. Come up with something better. It's hard. I don't know if there is anything. But we're throwing... That's pie in the sky. Come to reality with there, The reality is, is there... I can't say the word. They're not, though. And everybody that thinks that this is doom and gloom for Iowa State Athletics... Programs across the country survive. Yeah, but you can't go back to half of the money. It's like you you and I. If we're making X and all of a sudden X gets cut in half, Mm -hmm. the sacrifices you have to make to hold the family together, that's kind of like what it's going to be for the remaining eight schools that were cashing, what, 30, let's say $40 million checks. Now you're going to work on 15? And you'll do that's it. tough, but you'll do it. But that's a huge. That's a lot of people that are out of work, and a lot of programs that are going to be cut, and a lot of a lot of visions that were they're more than visions. They're not on the drawing board. They've come off the drawing board, and actually work is being done. But Those what you're talking cut. about here is giving all the money to Notre Dame. No, you still, same you still thing. make. You'll still make more than fifteen. You what? Whatever. Twenty two. 22, 25 is better than 15. I think you still get... And you still get a, a better a better pathway to the play. Look, I said it was a Hail Mary to begin with. Somebody's got to come up with an idea. I'm an idea guy. Now, my Ryan Saunders thing fell flat. Yeah. I This was a text within five minutes about this one's not well, of crazy. of course. Guy with State fans say, yeah, that's a great idea. He's a Hawk fan. It's a great idea. He's a Hawk fan. But guess what? It's not going to I happen. I didn't say it's going to happen. I'm just saying I'm an idea guy. I got an idea. We got to take a break. All right, let's do it. Uh, Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred four station KXNO. Everybody's favorite time of year is right around the corner. College football season is well almost here. To celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the position of the action with two hundred dollars in free bets, and they'll do it instantly. And all you have to do is bet a buck on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited offer now. Ken's got that right. DraftKings giving all new players. in free bets instantly. Just place a bet of a dollar or more on any college football game, and they got a ton of them already up. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great promotions, daily odds boosts that they have, and are offering. It's safe, secure, and reliable. We're located right here in the U.S., so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code KXNO to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code KXNO to get your free $200 in free bets 
instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one back final couple of minutes here Des Moines Sports Station 1460 kicks in 0106.3 Murph and Andy an hour and five minutes away the Fanatics will be in here at three bell Chris Williams Ross Peterson from three until six uh taking a day off night off tonight betting wise no 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 there's always something to fire I got to get deeper into my fantasy football though I realize that I have a draft coming up next weekend I have not dug in. Do you in play daily ever. fantasy on like a DraftKings? Yes. You do during the season? I do everything. <laughs> you name it, I can bet on it. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I was talking Friday to somebody. They got this pool that they do. Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty intriguing. Put uh, me in. Yeah, put me in. Sometimes I get a little, stretch a little thin on those. Like, yeah, yeah I probably do too many of them. Right. If you could put them all together, you'd have a pretty good team, right? Right, yeah. Doesn't work that way. No, but uh, as it pertains to what I have tonight, nothing yet. As far as plays, right? I uh, watch the Cubs uh, get pounded again by the Reds. How do you keep watching? That I team? don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I watched them yesterday. I couldn't get into the NFL, and I was waiting for the Blue Jays and the Mariners, and then Sunday Night Baseball. And well, to be honest, Delmar. Yeah, <laughs> that does it too. Indeed. Oh, speaking of does it, we are done. We'll be back tomorrow though with more ideas. Trying to save the Big 12. Hooter Dame. Hail Mary time. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.